Hello and welcome to Alchemical Health with me, Jen Gash, and... Uh, and me, Stuart Jeffrey. And we'll be discussing how we can create well-being in a way that enhances the living world. What might health and care look like in a regen- regenerative and sustainable future? Oh, that word's coming, close. isn't it? That was close. close. Nearly got it. I can't say the word regenerative, Catherine, so... <laughs> how are you, Stu? Uh, uh, yeah, exhausted. <laughs> it's election time, isn't it? It's election time, and, and I've been walking 40,000 steps a day, which is 15 miles. Wow. And and my legs are complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite full on, isn't it? It is. How, how are you, Jim? Well, I only did... I did a little bit of little bit of leafleting. I did probably about two miles. <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm just uh, trying to get out in the garden a bit now to do some painting, which might sound a bit weird, but now the weather's a bit better, I can go and do some sploshy, messy stuff outside. Excellent. Um, just a thought um, from an earlier episode: uh, don't don't leave the paintings in the greenhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I've actually abandoned that idea. Yeah, I've abandoned that idea. <laughs> oh, they went mouldy, Catherine. That's what happened. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, we've got it. We've got a guest, everyone. This is Catherine. Hello. Catherine Long. Should I? Yeah. Oh, and, and thank you so much for joining us. Stu, did you want to do your factoid and then I'll introduce Catherine? Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'll put. put um... The thing I've read recently in the show notes, as as hopefully I try to remember to do, there's um there's a great website called Resilience that I've followed for years, um and they've just published a new article which is very much worth a um a read in my in my opinion. Um, I've mentioned I think it was last week I was talking about the poly crisis, um and it says poly titled poly crisis what poly crisis, but interestingly. Um, and it sort of goes to the heart of the stuff we're discussing. Um, the opening paragraph, I'll just read it. Human societies over the world over are confronted with a growing number and range of difficult and compounding problems and crises, which they're increasingly struggle to, struggling to address and failing to solve, um, and which are slowly but surely eroding their ability to function effectively and undermining their capacity to coexist peacefully. And it kind I'm, of... I'm glad we've started this on a positive I, note. I'm going for the positive, yeah. Um, and it, it, it kind of... It kind of, yeah, I, I love that. I love it. <laughs> you love nitty gritty. Um, you get that from your mother. Do I? Excellent, excellent. Um, but but it, it it goes on to talk about how human societies are sort of perceived, can be perceived as problem solving organisations, and and it sort of says to me, what what happens when we can't solve the problems? What on earth do we do? What happens to society? And and you kind of got this, also this sort of complexity versus simplicity or simplification aspect and and it, it kind of comes down you know we're talking about health and healthcare and so forth and you know healthcare is phenomenally complex and starting to as we as we know around the world uh, and particularly in England uh, it's starting to crumble um uh, so it kind of it kind of said it spoke to that as a uh, as this sort of Everything's crunching together, um, piece. So um, my, my recommendation is if you're feeling happy and you don't want to be happy, go and have a read of this because it'll bring you down, <laughs> but it'll, it'll expand your brain a bit and, you know, give you some thoughts and ideas because, you know, there's no point in running into a crisis thinking it's all going to be great um, mm. if you've got no idea how to solve it. 
No, absolutely. And if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say, Stu. So, Catherine, there is there is a good childish element. <laughs> this as you might be is, is that is that the action for people to take away after this session is go off and you know <laughs> that's a good idea. Experiment with clapping in public or for, yep. for no apparent reason. <laughs> well, we tried well, clapping our hands. In, could be interesting. We tried clapping our hands in 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 COVID for the NHS. Oh, for the so, NHS, um, yeah. Did that solve the problem, Stu? It, it doesn't seem to. Apparently, oh. the staff won't pay paying as well i mean oh, whatever next. shocking mm. <laughs> <laughs> i see that well let me just welcome catherine and you know i've we, we discussed about me introducing you and i said well i'll read your linkedin profile sentence but feel free after i've said it to <laughs> amend what you'd like to be in there or not and then we've we've got some questions as we mentioned that kind of to frame our discussion but as listeners to our podcast will know that the conversations go in all sorts of different directions so welcome Catherine and your profile describes you as bringing regenerative principles to life, coach, author, supervisor, facilitator, supporting leadership and eldership. Mm. You've nailed that. That's yeah, I, I feel, I feel, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. Lovely. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sometimes a bit scary, isn't it? When you hear these things replayed to you and you think, oh gosh, what, what you know, what, what, what does it mean? When I put that down, what, yeah, what does it mean? But, well, yeah, well, you have an opportunity to do that because I, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, what I was going to start with saying is um, tell us a bit about your journey to date and what's brought you to your current work and, you know, kind of what brings you to write those lovely words that, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes a bit scary, isn't it? Because you kind of go, if someone asks you what you do and you go, well, there's yeah. my LinkedIn profile and then there's what I do on a daily basis, which, trust me, is mm. sort of like that. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a bit about your okay. journey. Oh, yeah, what a lovely kind of starting point because it, it is interesting. It's like which bits of ourselves do we tend to pick out and, you know, to, in response to that question, so, you know, what do you do? Um, and I think, you know, for a long time I've responded as, you know, I work as a coach, you know, leadership development, more recently, perhaps adding in, um, you know, organisation development. So uh, recognising that a lot of our work is pretty hybrid, you know, and, and it, it, it straddles different boundaries. But I think really for me, a, a bit of an epiphany, let's say over the last few years, um, it has, has been really wanting to lean into a healing dimension of my work and I've just just heard that the, the door bang so the dog is like kind of going why aren't I in here so if 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 he is kind of protesting quite <laughs> let him, him in. in and you just have to kind of put up with some background noise but anyway um but but really and, and it's it's interesting because I think you know the whole area of of healing um has been sort of perhaps not explicitly taboo but a little bit considered well you know coaching isn't therapy and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so we've shied away from uh, a dimension uh I, that, that transcends our work you know let's mm. let's not try and contain healing within coaching by any means you know it's the other way around uh, because I have, you know, um, increasingly as I lean into this amazing dimension, quality, property that is um, held within, you know, all living systems have a capacity to heal and regenerate. So we're talking about something that transcends all these divides. So yeah. let's not start putting 
divisions back into it and and the word healing from you know um it's sort of anglo-saxon origins means like holing wholeness um and i think one of the challenges that we have today is that we've sliced and diced it in a hundred <laughs> different ways and you know made it proprietary and mm. <laughs> uh confused it with other other things um and and that's part of you know what I feel we we really need to get back to is almost healing our relationship to healing. Yeah, that's a very interesting way of thinking about it. Healing our is it? <laughs> yeah, no, it really, it really is mm-hmm. because you know we often think about sort of the reductive nature of of well, I say we, you know, some of us think about in the general, nature of, yes, you know, what's presented of, to us, of, yeah. of health and healing and medicine and care and what have you. Yeah, and that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is how we view it and our relationship i think i think an interesting kind of um way of differentiating you know what are very entangled different meanings you know so i'm not trying to um create i hope not creating artificial or unhelpful uh definitions but i think Mm. um often when people think of healing uh they may actually be thinking about curing mm. um and uh the, the the root of the word cure curare is also what's linked to the word curate which means to uh, you know that the curate was somebody that took care of of their parishioners souls so it's like we outsource to somebody else the the care of our souls or the care of our bodies um, and with that equation comes, you know, don't don't question the expert, don't make decisions for your on your own behalf, and you know that the, the, there's a time and a place for that. Um, but also, it takes us further away from healing, which essentially I think is uh, given that it is a property of living systems. Uh, it's something that is, um, let's say, largely self-generated. Yeah, given the right context, given the right conditions, we know that soils can heal themselves. We know that wounds can heal. We know that bodies can heal. You know, I'm going through a big journey at the moment with autoimmune and recognizing actually, well, what kind of conditions am I giving my body to cope with this as well as it can on its own? Mm. You know, mm. and really learning, really leaning into that. So that that's a different mm. set of processes to you know um even even with so-called natural medicines we can still take a kind of curing me- yeah. you know, have that curing mentality of you know just take this or yeah uh, yeah so that's a really no, absolutely and i was going to say Stu, we could talk to Catherine for hours but I, you need to speak because i'm just gonna actually a really useful um distinction that you, you you're you're unpacking there and um you know, I've got going through my and and it's a discussion. You know, I've I've been in healthcare for um, nearly a thousand years, apparently, according <laughs> to Jen. Um, but the 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 the, the discussions around you know, the NHS being being uh, not a, a a curative service. It's all about um, have a tablet, have some surgery. Um, it, it's it's interventional. It's not a health service, and you know that 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 distinction between curing and healing um is is really really helpful particularly if we are trying to construct something that um says how 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 can we do this 
how can we do this health thing regeneratively? Um, mm. Well, you can't, I, I, coming rapidly to the conclusion that you can't do it through just curing people. Uh, you kind of need a bit of that, I think. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place for that within the wider context, but it seems to be, it's like the dominant model and, and it's then therefore very difficult to do, you know, ex even explore anything different uh, as happens when we do have a dominant model around yeah, yeah because there's power and you know all sorts of things linked to that yeah yeah i mean the, the medical model is 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 completely dominant within healthcare um uh, mm -hmm. in all in all branches of healthcare um and i know lots of us who aren't um med medical doctors um try to have that influence and um and and, and bring in other perspectives but it is very very much medical centered yeah, yeah and yeah. but i do th i would like to make a case for sort of the care side of things because i mean i was here this morning mm. i'm at my mum's today catherine our mum's um, um i arrived when the carers were here and the care they literally give to mum is you know as best they can in the time and with the resources he as healing as possible you know um from a relationship point of view from all that aspect but you know i think it's you know we know that care has always been devalued and in fact that was one of mum's sort of main things wasn't it but um and that's i think what you're identifying there you know is a really critical element of all healing involves relationship yep yeah, at some uh, we can think about that of uh, the relationship of parts coming together, or we can think about it in terms of a shift in the quality of relationship. There's something around exchange reciprocity, and a, a new whole forming. Yep. Um, so there's a kind of you know if we think in terms of going back to some of our systems thinking, you know, thinking in whole ons. There's your mum. And then once we introduce those carers and think about the relationship, then that becomes a, a new whole on. And at one level, I believe that um, your those carers are also experiencing some level of healing to the extent that they're engaged in that for your mother. Mm. Yeah. So that not healing is, is not unidirectional. It is it is an exchange. It's there's something that's being healed within the mm. carer patient relationship potentially yeah and i think it's it's also why it's so important to as as, as the caregivers and the family as well to recognize the value of it so you, you're not you know mm. you're not doing it in a grumpy way i mean yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean it's because it can be very exhausting it can be boring it can be stressful and all of those sort of things um and if we're you know. It's interesting that you, you you talk about the relationship um, and 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 the the healing necessarily involving that relationship. Um, I, I think on one of the early episodes, Jen, um, we we kind of talked about creativity being a bringing together of relationships, and 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 whilst clearly there is. Um, the, the, there are very clear parallels between um creativity and health um mm. actually this is this is one of the more blindingly obvious um mm. you know you, you can't have creativity if you just 
if, if unless you've got that sort of dynamic of relationship that yep. you're bringing together and and actually the healing bits and the regenerative side of the healing bit feels mm. like it, it it needs exactly the same um yeah. and and the two are, are obviously very closely linked so yeah and 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 i think this is so interesting that you bring in the dimension of creativity because ultimately through healing processes the organism whatever that may be the body the physical body or social body or earth body um, has an opportunity to learn to improvise Mm. to Mm. evolve yeah Mm. so so one of the examples I sometimes give is you know when we have a forest or a woodland and when it comes under stress you know because of drought uh, the trees collectively can integrate that experience as knowledge, as memory for the whole woodland to, to remember how to conserve water efficiently so that next time it comes, they're not just going to lose a whole n- number of trees. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I think healing, when we look at it through the lens of kind of big cycles in life, you know, uh, it, it, it's a form of learning and evolution. Mm. And we have to stop and ask ourselves, so how, how is it that all living systems have this capacity for healing in the first place? It's like we already came kind of trauma ready or disease ready. Like mm. that, that's baked into the intelligence of living systems. Mm. And part of, you know, we enjoy creativity for its own sake, but creativity is also a survival mechanism. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm loving listening to your words, Catherine. <laughs> I'm feeling a real girl crush coming on right now um, <laughs> because oh. you're speaking to so many things that I um, I think we both feel, Stuart, isn't it? And that, but, you know, you have such a um, way of saying them so clearly and, and beautifully. Um, Wait, she, I, she I, a survival mechanism. I've written oh, it down. So good. I mean, I... Um, I put I chucked in this question about Japan. Is it I, I, I kind of thought possibly asking you about Japan, but I really, really in you know, since I wrote that down, want to ask about Japan and what maybe yeah. what you did there, but also how did it contribute okay. to your learning and development with these ideas? Because culturally, you know, it's very different in Asia, um, you know, mm, in all sorts of ways, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So so I myself and my brother and and sisters, we were all born and grew up there. My parents were missionaries out there. So they oh, were okay. working, um, in an interdenominational organization. So across different uh, branches of Protestantism, essentially. Um, and my parents were involved in what's called church planting. So really starting off some, something very small, usually meeting in the living room of our home. And we'd have to be very quiet and... <laughs> You know, whilst guests came into our home and then eventually they would, you know, the ideal would be that they would they would, um, you know, set up a, a kind of have their own church and, and and get in a Japanese pastor. So that's that's what my parents were involved with. Mm. Um, but speaking about the healing dimension, so it was kind of an, a nature connection. So my father um, is still very keen fisherman and fly fishermen every holiday had to involve us going to stay somewhere in the wildest remotest places (laughs) 
walk it you know for, for for fun it would be like walking up rivers behind him so he'd be fishing up ahead and me and my brothers and sisters we were kind of clam clambering on rocks up behind them and then we lived in the north of japan so in hokkaido you've got you know snow for a lot of the year and so so much of our early years were just absolutely in nature and you know you'll be aware probably from watching studio ghibli films if you've ever seen things mm. like totoro and spirited away and yeah. uh, princess mononoke I, I kind of call that shintoism for kids yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it is about kind of um animism it's about recognizing that the the um natural world has its own consciousness and we can think of that in terms of spirits and beings and stuff but actually i think that awareness so really weirdly given my kind of christian roots and upbringing i had a profound sense of uh this natural world is full of consciousness is full of awareness um and uh that that i think has stayed with me through my years and then perhaps more recently kind of particularly in exploring you know regenerative paradigm uh you know living systems thinking mm. is is actually recognizing ah a lot of the this is kind of looping back to maybe what we were saying about healing and curing is that we're treating nature as something that essentially a lot of the kind of fundamental beliefs is that both our human bodies and nature can't possibly fix themselves they're going to need some you know something to come in and intervene you know and we know sometimes that's true I mean I'm I'm alive here today because of an operation that I had when I was a baby so you know yeah sometimes that intervention is important but actually when we recognize that this you know that everything is sentient has a consciousness has a has an understanding of how to support healing for itself and then we, we focus more on like well how do I how do we just create the conditions for that you know yeah. so a lot of the debate that's going on I, I, you know I don't want to go too far into it uh, I'm, I'm not a um, climate expert but you know what I'm seeing is very much a singular focus on one dimension or sometimes it's called carbon tunnel vision rather than actually and I think what you know environmentalists like Charles Eisenstein even um, Robert um, F Kennedy Jr you know that there's a recent conversation they were having it's like well you know actually what we're not talking about is all the toxicity that is in the earth's organs so yeah. the 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 air the atmosphere the bodies of water uh, yeah. the soil actually if we can clean that out and stop yeah. polluting it and stop putting poisons in it that processes a lot of the you know carbon and oxygen exchange it's like we do that all the time with our own bodies we're breathing in we're breathing out we're having that exchange and we do that because you know, we have health mm. ducks or we, you know, uh, our, our, um, we're, we're, you know, so, 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 so mm. like when we start thinking, okay, so let's stop separating our own, you know, the awareness of our own consciousness and, and that, and actually recognizing that same intelligence, if not more, is in, in the earth itself. How do we start cooperating with that rather than this constant, 
you know, one, you know, kind of um, one up, one down almost kind of like this is helpless and we're going to have to create some, you know, new technology to fix this that then creates further problems. And it's exactly the same thing that happens. I'm sure, Stuart, in in healthcare, the sort of iatrogenic, if that's the right word, you know, issues of like, oh, we just create another compounding problem here. And what you were saying at the beginning um you know around polycrisis was human beings seem to be just bizarrely capable of creating polycrisis <laughs> you know it's like was <laughs> one thing that we're really good at yeah is is let's let's use this problem to make another problem I've got uh, a great I've got a great question about that but I let Stuart ask some things and I've, I'm just scribbling it down. No, I mean, there's so much to unpack there isn't there? I, I mean the, the whole the whole concept of animism I mean it's just just amazing and um uh, you know we we've kind of gone full circle from um you know the the, the indigenous ancient roots of animism through um uh, through this separation of um uh, of of physical and spirit and then um it's it's really starting to come back into in, into some elements of mainstream thinking you know from Gaia mm. and Lovelock in the 70s through to to some of the quantum stuff um in terms of the interconnectivity the unifying forces and and so forth um it is it is amazingly um deep to uh to, to try and delve into um and uh, and and I, and and I particularly love the the, the examples around Shinto. Shinto, um, uh, it, it's not a religion I know much about, but I I'm kind of aware that it's animistic and it's sort of pagan and it's um mm. in, in its in its sort of approach. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's it, you know there's a there's a very formalized uh, aspect to Shintoism, which you know like any religion has its own issues and problems. But I think you know really it's uh, it's shares a lot in common really when you get down to some of the basics with with shamanism with with many other indigenous you know beliefs across the mm. whole world which mm. actually when we re- rediscover them are, are incredibly unifying and and also speak to a sense of a greater uh being or source from which we've all come as well and i think you know so it's it it, it what you're saying about you know the whole quantum shared field um you start realizing oh these are different maybe ways of expressing something that now scientifically we're also starting to to kind of give language to Mm, mm. absolutely and and the the idea that as a species we are doing this pollution and that the the systematic effects of that I, i was we've got a river large river at the bottom of my road actually um and and my political work's all been trying to see what we can do to clean it up. Um, and I, I was chatting with some of, some of the river users yesterday, and um, you know that they're 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 just aghast at, uh, at the the muck that they're having to go into because it is just full of sewage. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's mm-hmm. um, it's you know it's a river of excrement that is just flowing through the town, um, and it, it should be it should be the source of the source of life i mean we 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 kind of historically built um our our, our uh, not civilizations but our certainly our communities around water because it is mm. so fundamental to 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 what 
we need as as communities and yet here we yeah. have a large source of water that that is not usable um mm -hmm. you know yeah. you, you'd die if you drank it sort of thing um yeah. uh, or maybe not but you'd be very ill and it yeah. certainly certainly would cause you huge problems if you continued to to try to try and um uh, live from it without another great um yeah. amount of uh, of purification creating another load of waste um you know another sort of mm. drag of energy and it, and it plays to that sort of carbon tunnel thinking that you mentioned mm. you know we're, we're we're doing one thing to solve a problem yeah and it's causing so many other problems yeah. that we, we we just kind of forget about um mm. in or mm. some people forget about but tackling it as a whole is you know, feels to me like this huge mind shift that's needed um, to, to to get us away from um, uh, the, the siloed approach that we 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 continue to have, and and a siloed approach that just creates complexity. Mm. Yes, yes. I mean, I it was what was going through my mind when you were speaking, Catherine, um, about this sort of we seem to be very good at solving problems, and um, and yes, absolutely, we then create another problem and we create complexity which actually makes something somewhere else worse or just the you know <laughs> the regular problem worse you know and we know for example things like electric vehicles and everyone going yeah buy an electric vehicle buy an electric vehicle and the the amount of pollution from mm. the materials and and all sorts and and but people get quite despondent when they mm. feel they can't you know they they feel like they're doing something good and then they kind of think about it a bit further and they think well actually mm. maybe this isn't the best thing to do and people get very stuck but what i was what was going through my mind was when i um from a coaching point of view when i i don't do it anymore but i used to teach occupational therapists some basic coaching skills and one of the things i used to do was say to them turn off your problem solver as best you can because one because that's something in coaching we have to do internally as, as a coach so that we don't run roughshod over someone else's sort of thinking and process but also you know my profession is really good at problem solving you know that's why we're mm -hmm. sort of brought in to often solve complicated weird problems but turn and so turning that off is really difficult and it's one of the sort of markers we have for success you know we've <laughs> you know solving problems project you know project management let's set up a system for this let's set up criteria for that quality things for mm -hmm. that you know and i just i suppose what there is a question in there somewhere it's about I and mean, the next question on my list is actually about you know because we you and i met through the coaching community and mm -hmm. i wondered about coaching's role in regenerative and sustainable health and healing Okay. Um, so you can tackle that as you like. I mean, you can carry on from my <laughs> rambling about kind of problem solving, okay. or you can take a real kind of you know what you feel, and it, and it, you know whatever occurs to mm -hmm. you about the coaching community because it's an interesting one. So so yeah, let me let me see if I can kind of respond to to some of that. Um, I I think, and what 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 I've been learning through my own practice in more consciously arriving at whether it's a coaching assignment or any other thing uh is is wanting to come through a, a healing lens let's say mm. um well or, yeah bringing that energy in 
And um, this is where I think having some principles to operate from can be really useful because from what I can see, and this maybe speaks back to, you know, some of the stuff you're talking about, kind of the quantum understanding of the world, but also, um, yeah, it, it is that reality is largely, you know, you can see it in many different ways, uh, constructed fractally. So it means that there are self-similar patterns repeating at all levels of scale and system. Mm. So when I understand that, then I can think about healing also operating in a fractal way. And very often uh, what we tend to miss out when we are busy problem solving is we miss out what is already happening that may be, uh, albeit happening at a very small level, a tiny little level. Um, and I think when we stop and we stop trying to solve problems and we start looking at the system and how is it how is it wanting to heal itself? And I'm going to open the door because I, I suddenly reflected in the moment. I was thinking, talking about healing and relationship and here's my poor <laughs> you dog. You left your dog, dog outside. outside. <laughs> That's really not good. <laughs> He has had, do you want to come in, Fly? All right. Mm -hmm. He's had quite a lot of love earlier today, but, you know, he doesn't like being on his own. So, all right. He likes <laughs> a bit of tip-tapping and various noises in the background. That's so. all right. We welcome all here, don't we, Stu? <laughs> all living beings. Yeah. 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 All, all, um, all our relationship, all, all our relations, I think, with the uh, that's right. American that's Indians. Right. So... Um, so so yeah so when we when we start looking through that lens of like how is this system or whatever it may be already responding uh you know and engaging in its own process of healing or moving towards that process and we can let let you know make an assumption that reliably all systems are have some part of them that is reaching out to explore um it's it's potential for for health and healing um and then what do we do to as we notice that to create and support conditions for that to grow but it's very much about being in observance of what is already happening so one of the beautiful stories that i think are connected to that and i will link this back to coaching in a moment that's no, okay is, i'm with you <laughs> is, is, is like what's been happening with regenerative agriculture mm. So a lot of narrative around, you know, we mustn't be eating meat and, you know, it's partly because of, um, you know, grazing animals that we have lots of issues and stuff. But actually those, when we start, you know, and there are issues with industrial scale fa farming, we know that. But when you start mimicking, well, actually, you know, how, uh, you know, we had um millions of bison for example uh, crossing the plains in america and, and, and in africa you know thinking about those great migrations well part of the reason that uh they actually helped to regenerate the soil and keep the soil healthy uh was because they kept moving on so they were yeah. never overgrazing one part but they were moving on and that was partly because yeah. they were predators so they had to keep moving and so when farmers mimic that approach uh, in their practice and sort of like keep um, 
kind of rotationally, you know, but but in 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 kind of intense way, but move moving their their um, animals on, um, seeing amazing things happening to the soil mm, and amazing mm. things happening to the biodiversity. Um, so it's through that observation, it's through the kind of can we just notice how maybe if we just kind of partner with the wisdom of living systems and tune into that and tap into that and start noticing things you know we often think of keystone species as being you know the the the, the megafauna uh, mm. you know the, the larger animals but actually uh what, what about what's happening underneath the soil and, and thinking about how all those um you know microorganisms and and you know worms and insects and things like that how are they interacting again that's a relational thing isn't it mm -hmm. so so coming back to coaching i think that what i um tending to do with people and again it can help sometimes can't it just to put a label to a tool or a method so thinking yep. through it you know kind of using an appreciative inquiry approach with yep. people as a as a really um important base you know to kind of be operating from and yeah. i also find that um working with uh emergent change processes like theory u which are um inquiry driven rather than outcome driven yeah so uh it's not about we decide that this is where we need to get to and we just create a plan and move to <laughs> we'll out, it. you know we're just gonna <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. uh, because again, back to healthcare systems and and Stuart, you know, just thinking about you know what what you're aware of is you come at a problem with a plan and ignore all the um, unintended consequences of executing that plan, mm. and then here we are with all these compounding issues, rather than maybe. You know, and I understand why there are drivers uh, to be operating in a certain way. But actually, when we when we pause and we re really listen to the system and really listen. And th that means also, I think, uh, you know, going to the margins. Um, so, again, this kind of comes back to some of the stuff uh, Bruce, Lipton, Bruce Lipton's work um, uh, and the importance of the intelligence of the of the cell wall yeah that the intelligence isn't all in the nucleus but actually it's in that busy place of exchange so how we're listening to uh you know the interface with um the wider context the wider ecosystem mm. and paying attention to that uh so we're not just i think a lot of coaching has been goal oriented plan oriented individual oriented yeah Yep. perhaps where we need to create a shift is um sensing the, the wider ecosystem going beyond ourselves to sensing into well what is working elsewhere and even you know there's a concept called bright spots i think it came from save the children's work in vietnam it's like well actually how come that these children aren't starving what is the mother doing in terms of food mm. preparation and, and they're often finding that they were foraging or you know using or just just taking a slightly different approach so where where is the problem not happening you know we're familiar with that as a as a concept in coaching yeah. how do we um interrogate uh those things 
as much as, you know, like we're so good at going into the problem and delving into the problem rather than where is that problem not happening? Mm. Do we understand why? Mm. How do we get more? I love this concept that you 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 said the wisdom of living systems, um, which uh, I think is, and 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 the bit that's going through my head is you know wisdom is more around listening, and um, the intelligence of living systems is more about thinking. Um, so it's kind of that um, thinking feeling dichotomy, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, just to bring you, uh, and I, I want to come back on wisdom of living systems, um, particularly in the concept of regenerative healthcare. Um, mm. I, I've kind of got this regenerative healthcare in my head because I've heard so much about regenerative farming, um, and okay. you, you you nicely phrased the sort of three levels of personal, societal, and global. Oh, um, she's great, isn't she? I mean, I'm understanding things that you've tried to explain to me for years. Yeah, I know. And I'm getting know. it. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I've got I've got to record this and and and, 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 and send <laughs> a podcast for everyone to do. There's a thought. There's a thought. Yeah. Um, oh. But but I, I kind of w- want to um, you know I kind of got in my head that 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 healthcare as it stands is not regenerative. It is at a personal level, perhaps to a degree, but um, mm-hmm. possibly at a societal level. But you know, you hit global level and it's hopeless. Um, and and I kind of it would be and you've given a bit of an example around the the intelligence of a cell wall. Um, mm. But but the living systems wisdom. Um, how how might we start to look at the living systems um, and and understand what they've got to teach us in terms of healthcare and healing and and curing to some degree as well? Hmm. That's wow. a big question. <laughs> in, in 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 three thousand words plus or minus ten percent. Yeah, and you've got three minutes. Let's get my chat GPT out. <laughs> I'm not sure that that would be all that helpful, actually, but uh, yeah. there we go. Um, can I offer something? Can I, can I offer something? Yeah, please. Please. I mean, I, I think there's, there's, there's so many ways you can um, broach this. You know, I was thinking about do we sort of look at the sort of biomimicry side, which I kind of really fond of, Um you know, and did a sort of a lot of work on looking at, you know, what can we learn? As, as Catherine said earlier about, for example, you know, how trees operate and can our bodies sort of, can we apply that to how our bodies work? Um, or how can we look at ourselves as a, um, a an object or an item that relates to everything in our environment? And I think that wisdom is such a weird frame to put it through because it's going to be different i mean there's a sensing knowing warmth or energetic feeling that Mm. goes with wisdom that is very difficult to describe um and also so much of it is you know intuitive knowing um that you can't you know you can't put a label on and there i'm helping you out a bit catherine because i'm saying telling stuart's a really difficult question (laughs) but um, but you know i'm just thinking about rivers again because we have a model in ot which i might have done with you um in coaching i can't remember catherine but you know learning about how what we can learn from a river and applying Mm. that to rehabilitation for example which is Mm. one of my favorite things or healing and rehabilitation because there's lots we can learn about how we 
look at things from a systems point of view. But yeah, just that was some some thoughts I was having. You like rivers, don't you? You like pushing well, I, I children into rivers, I believe, Jen, <laughs> fishing them out downstream. Oh no, we did that in the previous episode. Sorry. Yeah, we did. That, sorry, Catherine. Go on. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I mean there's just so many directions to go with that question. But as I'm listening to you, what comes to mind is thinking about um the different um biomes and the different ecologies uh that shape our you know our gut biome the soil yeah. biome um yeah you know tra- thinking through the lens of um traditional medicines um and you know the different traditions that are out there so another dimension i think for me around healing is that it is there are multiple modalities okay so there's no one of the challenges that we have with uh, allopathic medicine is it tends to kind of work with one set of logics um, rather than looking contextually uh, and so it tries to apply the same exact same uh, prescription remedy uh, yeah. in all contexts and 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 then doesn't pay attention to uh, how that's not working mm. um, so one of the things that briefly during covid i i enrolled on a medical herbalism course which was fascinating wonderful and it brought together lots of things that i love about um you know i love foraging i love plant identification using plants and and then being able to use them medicinally, not just cooking or or, or for mm. health and stuff like that. And one of the things that I think is fascinating when you go into that is, you know, different parts of the world are blessed with different types of vegetation, plants, yep. animals, also uh, different philosophies. So if you go to the, you know, in in the Americas, uh, particularly in North America, you'll get um, the indigenous understanding around healing but you'll get all the european settlers and everything that they brought and this is a whole kind of mm. interesting mishmash that of 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 wisdom and traditions mm. and stuff um which uh and and then you know you go the other side and, and siberia you've got you know all the russian speaking um you know the, the kind of like what they know which is really really rich and then that's close to tibet and chinese traditional you know so yeah yeah across the world and you go to japan you've got something else and and there are these different um modalities different ways of understanding that even if they're very very different and they might have different approaches somehow within their own internal logics and frames of reference they kind of work you know Mm -hmm. to to different degrees etc and 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 um i think this is where we need to shift our thinking from a kind of best practice, one size fits all, where we don't ask any questions about who's benefiting from yeah, yeah, that yeah. being the singular approach. Um, yep. To actually going well, you know, um, and I think this is what people are seeing when they're they're looking at soil. There are many different types of soils. Yep. Uh, they there are many different contexts, you know, different climates and mm. and uh, ecologies and stuff, and you have to figure out what. what works for that space yeah yeah? Yeah. and that comes through observation it comes through um humility (laughs) Uh, it comes through really learning you know sitting at the feet of 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 
of nature and and of the challenge as well because we know that you know in many cases healing begins with um, inflammation of some sort something that signals this is not good yeah and what we do very often is we just dampen down the signal yeah we take something to take that signal away rather than go hang on there's some real intelligence here what's going on tell us something let's really listen to that um for this context so you know i mean one of the things in terms of diet and nutrition you know some people cope perfectly well on a plant-based diet other people it just really creates all sorts of problems for them you know so so we have to uh if if we want to be nature-based if we want to go into biomimicry we have to recognize well nature is always wildly contextual yeah you know (laughs) yeah it's true and wildly adaptive um and this is this is why i i sometimes i i i i love you know biomimicry principles as well but i sometimes have a problem with that word because mm. it's like let's mimic nature rather than well we are nature yeah and, yeah it's true. and actually yeah. sometimes you can end up just picking an idea from here and planting it over yep. there yep like i saw something about um Oh, it doesn't really matter what I saw, but you know, it's just kind of like let's, let's such, just be careful yeah. that it's not too instrumental. And oh, absolutely. Well, it's kind of it one size there. fits all again, isn't yeah. it? It's um, yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, and I think that's. I mean, I love the word, but yeah, you're right. And I'm, I was just thinking about um, you know, you know, using the metaphor of trees and plants, etc., is something I'm really keen on. But you're right; it kind of um, forgets sometimes that. Yeah, it depends which tree it is, depends which plant it is, depends where it is in the world. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm just conscious of time, Stu. Mm-hmm. You've got a lovely question at the end. Do you want me to ask well, think, you it? Well, I think we've kind of covered my last question. I wanted to do question five though. Um, <laughs> which is your question. Jane. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, you do it then, Stu. All right then. Um, Catherine, okay, final question. <laughs> uh, I'll make it even harder. <laughs> Because why not? <laughs> um, and then so, I'll soften it. Yeah, she'll soften it. Jen wrote it, not me. I mean, the, the question is, you know, what, what do you feel are, are the three most important things we need to do as a society or individuals in relation to moving to regenerative, sustainable health? You Wow. Um I mean, we've kind of covered a lot, Catherine. I was sort of, <laughs> as we as we chatted, well, I, can, I was I like... Can, I can share some thoughts, but whether yeah, go on the top three things, I'm That's not all right. sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bit reductionist, really, isn't it, love? Yeah, well, that's all right. Failed, Jen. So, so, so it's interesting. I think, I mean, there are some various movements uh, that are happening uh, that you may be aware of, and, you know, one that I'm aware of is is people's healthcare alliance so actually thinking how do we bring health you know how do we hold health in community and bring it back into communities so um an interesting book i've not read properly but is on my bookshelf is all about kind of the role of of families and communities uh to support healthcare and we've created a separation where um that it isn't what happens and people are um yeah uh, disempowered in in a sense to know how to look after themselves or each yep. other 
So I think that's a really big part of it because it is a property of relationships. It's a property of community. Yeah. And um, so that that could be a, a a way that we. It's not like you can impose that, but but it's like it is growing, and yep. and so supporting that growth. Um. That's a brilliant one. I mm. think there's there is something also around. Um, how we restore faith in in our bodies um that's a biggie there are so many things that undermine like you can't trust yourself you can't listen to your intuition you know um often you know it depends on what medical practitioner you're working with but they they might dismiss what you're what you're sensing or what your concerns are so it's almost like we've kind of created this thing like you know the body is a machine to be done to as opposed to it create it contains this wisdom so how we how you know do we re uh connect people to the wisdom of the body i think is is massive mm. um and uh there's there are lots of levels of trauma i think that go with that so it's you know um and then i think there's some you know there's something around um it, i i don't want to go too far into this but thinking about um the level of um censorship and freedom to explore things and stuff and i think when we are all held to single narratives whatever that may be okay about whatever things um it's really not helpful mm. and it 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 pre- it, it just presents massive risks and we need to find a way of like being able to engage across difference uh, and to integrate that difference rather than what happens at the moment, which is just it's shut out mm. and excluded and then creates huge risks uh, because we're not listening to outliers. Um, and, and I think that that is um that's significant at all levels of society actually and so how we learn to kind of work with with the tensions and the issues that we've created in the echo chambers and I recognize that I'm just as much a part of that as anybody else but there's yeah. there is really you know in nature we don't have this it, it you know it's like all, everything is data everything is potentially useful information to be processed and, and held within the ecosystem and and yet what we're doing is saying you can't even ask that question otherwise you know you're pro pro putin or whatever it is you know (laughs) we can't even go there how dare you or you you know say that you're anti-covid or medication or whatever yeah yeah yeah. demonizing people the level of labeling that we've created i think is really a big risk uh, and we need to get over that quickly that was brilliant (laughs) was that three i think that was was three three things And they were three brilliant things. (laughs) I mean, there's so much there still, isn't there? I think every week we talk to people. Well, we're not every week, but it kind of gives us so many more things to explore and look at. And I just feel completely regenerated myself about this Regenerative. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Because I can't say the word. Catherine, no, genuinely, that was fabulous. I just really enjoyed your, your wisdom and knowledge and clarity and sensibility. It's just, you know... 
huge thank you for for joining us today oh, um, thank you brilliant i'm I, i'm really so honored and you know just amazed that you know the fact that you're hosting these conversations and you're inviting people to go into these spaces i think is just wonderful and awesome and so needed so big appreciation to you both oh not at all no thank you and i mean one of the first one of the things we nearly called the podcast was um something like difficult conversations and it kind of taps into that last thing you said and i uh, you know i'm hoping that this this that we're creating a space for bravery and mm-hmm. you know humility when we ask those difficult questions because we have a giggle and we recognize that we don't know everything so um yeah, well, Stuart, Stuart knows everything I don't I don't <laughs> well, I was going to say Jen you know whenever we talk we have a difficult conversation don't we <laughs> very good right I thank you Catherine um I think we're kind of needing to wind wind things up now because it's yeah. um, we're almost an hour in. Um, we, I've got the forge, um, yep. I think. Um, and and I'm going to go back to something you um, right at the start. Um, and um, uh, and I think we're going to do some enchantments and proper magic. Um, <gasps> Excellent. And and, and I'm, I'm referring to enchantments in its sort of. Uh, Latin roots of uh, uh, is, is it cantare? I think is the mm. it, um, I, I singing. Um, so um, let's let's do some creativity that simply does not pollute. Now I say, say creativity singing doesn't pollute. When I sing, it very much <laughs> does pollute. <laughs> but you can do it in a way that it'll dissipate very quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think um, let's go out and just sing something somewhere mm. to somebody or to something or just into the ether whatever absolutely but, um, that's a good one let's do a bit of singing because it's it's Beautiful. creative it's creative it's breathing it's resonance it's relating mm. it's it's enchanting everything. lovely it's enchanting. And this whole piece around frequency we didn't even get into that but this is like <laughs> yeah, yeah we're gonna... next time madam next i've got time. you on my radon you know you're not escaping now <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna have to do some um, humming next time, aren't we? To pick those frequencies up. I, I hum frequently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Catherine. I'm such a child sometimes, but I, I enjoy that part of me. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for coming, and um, I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed. I've written down so many things, and feel yeah, feel feel really chuffed that you came along today. Right. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and as usual, we'll we'll pick up some of these bits in a sort of follow-on episode with with Jen and I. Um, but but listeners, um, once again, thank you for listening. Um, show notes are available on the website, um, and obviously, if you've enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast app. And but most importantly, tell your friends, families, colleagues, tell the bloke down the pub, sing it from the hilltops. Obviously, if you want to get in touch, drop us an email at alchemicalhealth, or one word, at outlook.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and um, hopefully you'll, we'll, we'll see you next time, or hear you next time, whatever the word is. See you next time. <laughs>